All right. Uh, jamming as usual. Uh, welcome to the Sober Heathen Podcast. I am sober. I am a heathen. I am Scott. Uh, very excited for today. Uh, make sure to check us out on YouTube, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. I uh, got a bunch of great interviews. Got another great one coming today. Um, super excited. Um, we're going to get right into it. Uh, this is Michelle. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Tell us uh, where you're from and uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, thanks, Scott. Um, yes, my name is Michelle. I'm from the UK, uh, in the northwest of, of uh, England, and I'm 100 days sober tomorrow. I find it um, quite unbelievable to say that, really. Um, I have been nearly there before, quite a number of decades ago. Um, I got to about 90 days then. I wasn't necessarily counting back then, but I knew after a particularly bad run uh, of alcohol that I needed to give it a break. And I gave it a break for about 90 days back then. Um, this time it feels more real. This time um, I've done a lot of growing up in that two decades. I've done a lot of drinking in those two decades. Um, and something clicked, something. And I can't really explain what it was, but... Um, something clicked this time and uh, you know if I if I just briefly tell you what what happened what led me to day one um, sure. we had we'd had a family uh, gathering for what would have been my granddad's 100th birthday he died a couple of years ago so the family thought it'd be nice to all get together and celebrate this really special what would have been a really special day his 100th birthday and we did we had fun. It was lovely having all the family together, parents, aunties, grandchildren, children. And I did what I normally do and consumed quite a few bottles of wine. And don't remember leaving the um, the restaurant. I don't remember getting home. Um, I do remember continuing to drink when I got home. Um, um, and then I remember waking up. And I remember waking up thinking oh god what's gone on what's happened I'm sure all your listeners will understand that feeling I remember waking up um covered in bruises I had a massive bruise on my hand and no recollection of how I got it um so I staggered downstairs uh and uh, my husband and my son and my grandson nine-year-old grandson was there because we'd had him uh, overnight that evening and um bleary-eyed hungover all the usual anxiety that comes with that. Um, and the thing that really resonated with me that morning and what really made me think twice about this whole thing was my nine-year-old grandson said to me, Nanny, I think you were very drunk last night. Oof. And sorry, Scott, I may get emotional on this podcast. That's okay. Um, and I still find that so um soul destroying even now to think about it that I let myself to get in such a state to be in such a state that I don't even remember being in that state in front of my nine-year-old grandson mm. for him to have witnessed that and I, I I know he wouldn't have witnessed anything um aggressive or anything anything like that because that's not the kind of drunk I am um I'm a loud fun uh, over the top kind of drunk uh but I also can get with my husband and this is another way where I'll probably get emotional with my husband I can get a bit argumentative and a bit aggy sure. but um but uh on that night we'd been play fighting and 
and whatever else and hence why I got all those bruises um so that was the day after the this party this um birth celebrations so that day we had both grandchildren I have two grandchildren that day we bought we got both tra- uh, grandchildren and again most listeners will will resonate with this I limped through that day Hmm. um you know my head was pounding I was feeling sick I wanted to be anywhere other than with two noisy grandchildren um made it through to the evening part got to about four or five o'clock ish and I thought I'm gonna have to take something to get rid of this I'm gonna have to do something to move this on and the only thing I was thinking of was I need another glass of wine another glass of wine will move this on Um, and we were staying at my daughter's house so I'd opened her fridge and my daughter's poison is Sauvignon Blanc which is not mine that really is poison to me I don't like it my mine I've always been a Chardonnay drinker but I was desperate and I thought no I'll I'll just drink it I just need it I need to take something that will take the edge off all these hangover symptoms I've got so I poured this wine and I mean even the smell of Sauvignon Blanc I don't like anyway sure I went I went to take a sip of this drink and I did take the sip and I just thought what am I doing what am I what am I actually doing you are taking a a, a drink of the poison that got you in this place in the first got you here in the first place made you feel like you feel right now in the first place you were taking a drink of this poison that made you feel so ashamed just this morning when your grandson said to you nanny I think you were really drunk last night and yet there you are with it to your lips again and it really felt like an epiphany moment in that in that immediate moment it was I haven't in all the times I've tried to abstain Scott which have been many it was the first time that I viscerally felt something I felt Hmm. something really deep inside that said what are you doing um so I poured that drink down the sink and I haven't touched a drop since wow um and that really you know you know people talk about rock bottoms when I you know I've listened to podcasts and I've read you know literature on it and things like that and I know everyone's rock bottoms are different and everyone's day ones are different um but um that for me was my day one and I think that's and I think the way I've got to day 100 is by have 100 day ones um I never and I never intended to get to 100 days. I never thought that's it now. I never poured that wine down the sink and thought that's it. I'm never touching it again. Or sure. I never thought, right, I'm going to do three months or I'm going to do 100 days. Those thoughts at that time never crossed my mind. I just thought I'm tipping this down the sink and I'm not drinking it. And then the day after I woke up and thought I'm not drinking today, which again is unheard of because I would drink every day. Yeah. Um, I was a moderate drinker during the week. Um, you know, so, you know, I, I would be, um, I'm, I am, I, I have a professional job. Uh, I, you know, I can't go to work, can't go to work drunk. I can't go to work smelling a drink. And, uh, and for some reason or other, and this is, you know, on my journey, I mean, at the moment, I'm really spending a lot of time self-reflecting on how I've got where I am and, and why I am who I am and why can I moderate and control myself when I know I've got to get up and go to work and like have one glass of wine but come Friday to Sunday can't stop you know the bottle of the wine the bottle of the wine 
you know, the lid of the bottle of wine opens and that's that's it. Do you know what I mean? That whole bottle of wine will definitely go. If not, the, the opening of a second will. Um, so, you know, the, I've got a lot of work to do to try and unpick why that is. Why, can I, why could I control on a, say, Wednesday, but can't control and moderate on a Friday, Saturday? Um, and I, I don't know if, if listeners will have noticed, but like my, my, my Twitter handle says, sort of curious and uh, it all says hopefully sober <laughs> sure and that that's literally how I set off that's you know I, I, I set off I'd read a couple of you know sober books probably about two or three years ago um and you know some bits had resonated with this you know and things like that and so I know I was curious way back then I was probably curious 10 10 years ago um so I set off again curious you know you know what's out there I think what I wanted to know Scott and I don't know if, if, if you've come across this but it felt like to me and again I don't know if other people have had this it felt like to me there was only one option and that was AA sure. um, and I didn't know I didn't think that I um, was and I, and I don't I, I don't know if this sounds right or doesn't sound right that I was bad enough for AA. I didn't want to walk into an AA meeting and say, you know, my name is Michelle and I drink four bottles of wine at the weekend or I drink, you know, five bottles of wine over a week and yet there's somebody drinking that, I don't know, five bottles of vodka over a weekend. And I didn't want to do a disservice to those people that were in those AA meetings who, you know, was really, really struggling. And like, I think you may have seen this on my Twitter feed as well. I have two brothers that are um, chronic alcoholics. You know, they physically are dependent on alcohol. Um, the, I've got one brother who's about to start his third detox uh, in Ooh. May. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got my other brother um, is just over 12 months sober. Um, awesome. So, and I've seen the impact of their alcoholism throughout my life for 20 plus years um you know they they would wake up well you know the first thing they would take drinks to bed ready for when they opened their eyes do you know what I mean they literally could not function without having an alcoholic drink the minute they woke up and until the minute they collapsed in bed so and I think in some ways that skewed my idea of a drink problem so my idea of a drink problem problem was my was of the level of my brothers, um, and I and again when I reflect, it also rose my bar of how much I could drink. So um, well, I'm not as bad as my brothers. My brothers need a drink as soon as they open their eyes in the morning. Uh, oh, I've got a hangover. Yeah, but my brothers are, are permanently hungover. You know, they're hungover from Monday to Sunday, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Um, my brothers can't rock up to the family meal because they're too drunk. Do you know what I mean? Because they're permanently drunk. Yep. So yep. it it skewed what my idea was of an alcohol problem. Um, but that's I, I feel like I've had my eyes opened massively in this last 100 days. And it's one of those things, once something's been seen, it can't be unseen. And, and, that's where I feel, you know, that's where I feel I am, at, at, you know, at the moment, really, is um, 
I know that I can't drink again. And that's quite a sobering statement to say. Sure. I've just had this conversation with my husband because, um, uh, interestingly, um, I bought, I just recently bought the AA book. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't have labelled myself an alcoholic. It's one thing I wouldn't have done. I would, I label my brothers alcoholics, but I wouldn't <laughs> label myself as an alcoholic. Sure. Um, but then I'm in my early days into into the AA book. Uh, but I can see myself in that book, which is um, surprising at one, um, interesting at another, scary mm-hmm. in another. Yes. Uh, all those words, all those words you can think of, um, and 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 I would encourage people who are on this path or, or, or on this journey and searching for answers and support is is don't dismiss AA I, I did I did it had bad it had, it had had you know I don't know if it's the same but in the UK sometimes it's get a, it gets a bad press in the UK my brother's tried AA a number of times and it hasn't worked for them it could be the wrong group you know and and all those other reasons um but i just think if for me if if for me the way i work if i'm serious about doing something i do it i'm all in and you know i'm serious about not drinking again and i feel like i need to know as much information as i possibly can so that can be AA, it can be all the other forms of recovery that are out there because we know that one form of recovery is not the answer for one person. You know what I mean? So what I want to do is I want to uh, equip myself with as much information about this horrible, soul-destroying, life-destroying disease as I can uh, so that I can decide which path I'm going on um, how I stay on that path uh, and how I continue to enjoy life that like I have done over the last 100 days. I don't know if that's a good enough start there. Oh <laughs> my that- gosh, good <laughs> enough. Jeez, I'm sitting here and you're talking about, you know, standing at the refrigerator, you know, looking at this bottle and, you know, I got to do this. I mean, I could see myself doing that. I, I had an image of you standing in front of that thing and like, Ugh. Ugh, I I hate this stuff, but I got to do it. Like your mind is telling you I have to do it. I mean, I absolutely that. I mean, I, I, I saw everything in my mind as you were speaking. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. That was fantastic. Um, Geez, I, I so many notes, so many great things. Um, You know, uh, I, I wrote down there, you needed something, you know, um, you just knew you woke up, you felt like crap. And you just needed something, you know, um, I, I can relate to that. I mean, waking up in the morning and just feeling like absolute poop. And I remember, and I wanted to ask you if this is something that ever happened to you with the, with the wine, you know, I, I wasn't a wine drinker, but if it was there and I had nothing else, you bet your ass I was drinking it. Um, did you ever wake up in the morning? Cause I know I did this. I can remember one time I woke up, I felt like crap. I was still kind of buzzed. I think. And I got up and I walked around my bed to my computer and I kicked this bag and I I was like, ouch. And I got down, I opened the bag and I grabbed it and it was a full, it was either a full pint or fifth of alcohol. And I literally did a fist pump in the air like, yes, I don't have to go anywhere to get started this morning. 
You ever do that? Do you ever wake up and, and leave alcohol behind? And I'm just curious. I don't know why I thought to ask you this, but with the bottles of wine, did you ever wake up and have some left over and be no, ridiculously no. excited? <laughs> not, not, yeah, I could imagine, I could imagine that. Not, not, <laughs> not, not to that extent, but what we did, um, when we, when COVID was here and obviously we were all locked down, um, we got my, my my husband and I go on our weekly our little walk or whatever it is we were allowed to allowed to allowed to have, and we'd go to the shop and we'd obviously pick up wine, but I'd said to him pick up an pick up an extra bottle just in case just pick mm. up an extra bottle just in case, you know just in case because you know it was all over the news where we were that you know all the white wine shortages and white wine was going and all the rest of it, and I didn't want. I didn't want the thought of us not having any in the house. So, and, and again, thinking, going back to COVID, um, I th- COVID, it's, it's, it's hard to know whether to blame somebody for this, is there, or something for this. I don't, and again, I'm still working through that. I'm still working sure. through what the whys. But um, when, when COVID hit us and we were like, meetings were on Zoom. So, you know, and I normally travel to work for about an hour. So I didn't really have to do that. So I wasn't worried about drink driving. I wasn't worried about anyone smelling any alcohol on my breath. So we were, and I was definitely having a bottle of wine a night uh, on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, on a Thursday, more on a Friday, Saturday. Um, and and again, it all rings true now when I, when I, when I correlate my actions with what I read, what I've read, you know, what that did was push my tolerance level up. Mm-hmm. So when COVID then reduced and lockdowns stopped and life kind of resumed to some kind of normality, when it, I was still very good at controlling what was happening through the week. I would never have more than a glass or so during the week. Um, you know, I never went to bed drunk during the week. I never woke up hungover during the week. But come Friday, then that bottle of wine, well, I'd been having a bottle of wine on a, on a Wednesday. So come Friday, a bottle of wine wasn't enough. Sure. So, you know, it was a bottle of wine plus come Friday, then more on Saturday. Um, so I recognise now that COVID put my tolerance level through the roof. Mm-hmm. So... Whereas a couple of glasses of wine would get me tipsy, nice, nicely feeling nice. I've got the buzz and all the rest of it. It would take me a bottle of wine to get that feeling. Um, So, and and but but, and I think what the thing is, the problem we've got, and again, I don't know if this is the same in other places, but everyone's doing it. And this is what this is what I felt like. This is why it's took me so long to get where I am, because everyone is doing it every you know what I mean everyone's getting drunk at the weekend everyone's got a hangover at the weekend you know it's what you know and, and then it, it's what you do and it's like it's a bit of a badge of, badge, badge of honor you know what I mean you go to a party mm-hmm. on a Friday and then you've got your hangover stories on the Saturday via via WhatsApp oh god I'm you know I'm rough today how are you oh I've been sick all night oh no have you and it's it's you know it it, it kind of allows it to happen it's almost like a high yeah. five oh yes michelle's michelle's throwing up do you know what i mean it's it's and it's scary it's really scary and it's like i said it's only when you see it that you can't unsee, it's only when you see it you can't unsee it i can't ever ever imagine being back there again um I, and you know 
and in some ways I'm only a hundred days in, but in other ways I'm fantastically a hundred days in. Absolutely. Um, but I still viscerally can remember those hangovers and how it feels and 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 just not just physically but mm-hmm. mentally how those hangovers feel and uh, there's nothing at the moment that could make me feel like that ever again ever ever again nothing at the moment would ever make me feel like that ever again and I think the work I'm putting in now is to make sure or to do the best I can to make sure that that's resolve I feel at the moment stays as strong as it is because like you know we were talking before you know you can get a good few months in and I've read this and you know I've seen people's tweets and I've you know I've read it where people get a good few months under the belt they get years on the belt and then you know this curveball comes and you know they're knocked off their feet and you know and I'm not naive enough to to think that that won't happen what I want to be able to do is have enough tools in my box so that if that happens, I've, mm-hmm. I, I'm equipped, you know, to deal with that. Um, that. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm striving for. That's what I'm working towards. And I think what I've learned this time round, compared to um, was it about two decades ago? Yes, it was my husband's. Yes, it's two decades ago. It's twenty years ago. Um, really bad hangover. I drink, drunk two liters of white wine. Then started on the Jack Daniels with my brothers. Not a good night, not a good morning. <laughs> yeah. um, and um, I'd, I'd drunk that much white wine that I'd actually become allergic to it for a while. So anytime I drunk right, every time, anytime I drunk white wine, I came out in hives. At oh, the time, wow. didn't realize, uh, yeah, at the time, didn't realize it was what it was. And then we'd made this connection. So even if I had. Uh, chicken in white wine sauce whatever I'd come out in hives and that lasted for quite a while and and I just thought you know what end of so again like I said like I said I'd give up for about three months but what I didn't do two decades ago maybe maturity maybe it wasn't out there maybe you know it wasn't out there for you to know you could do it and it probably wasn't two decades ago was the research behind alcohol, the research behind alcoholism. Do you know what I mean? And, sure. and that's what that's what's different for me two decades on. Two decades on, I want to understand why. Two decades on, I want to know the impact alcohol is having on my body, what the impact alcohol is having on my mind, on my mental health, on my brain, and and, and why why it why it's got all to me, like it's got all to me. Um sure. I, I, I spoke to my husband about it. He's my favorite. He's my best support, by the way. I would awesome. not be here. It wouldn't be here without him. He's he's absolutely amazing. And and you know, it, it was getting to a stage where he was getting worried about my 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 the level. It wasn't so much how often I was drinking; it was how much I was drinking when I was drinking, sure. and he was he was starting to get concerned. I was blacking out most times, most weekends. I was having significant accidents, um, and and getting so many bruises. I mean, that's one of the nicest things about being sober. I have no bruises. Hey, uh, right? <laughs> permanently lived. Permanently lived. My whole body was just full of, full of bruises. Um, <laughs> So it, yeah, he's he's been he's been an amazing support, um, but yeah, it's yeah. So that's where I am really. It's just, it's yeah. I'm 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 confident. 
I'm confident I'm on this path for the long term. I'm not going to be naive. I've got a couple of big events coming up this year. My daughter gets married. So, you know, that's going to be a tough day, but I'm just going to take, I'm not worrying about it now. There's no point worrying about it now. There's months, there's months to go yet. Um, I'll handle that day when the day comes. Um, I'll know I've got my husband's support by my side. So that'll be, that'll be good. All, all my children now know where I'm at and they're all very oh, supportive. Good. Yeah, good. they're all very supportive. I was nervous at the time of having those conversations with them because again they know their uncles so when you talk about somebody with an alcohol problem they see they 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 envisage their uncles and what alcoholism right. looks like that so they mm -hmm. look at me and they don't see that somebody who has an alcohol problem but when i'm oh. nearly falling through a glass shower curtain um because i'm too drunk you know yeah. they're not they're not seeing that side of me when when i'm two bottles of wine in oh, yeah. at the weekend and, yeah, and, and and we we learned to hide it very very well. Um, yeah, I mean, it, we the parents may be that we're not that bad, but mm -hmm. some of us are really good at deception. Um, you know, I, I I had a buddy. We went golfing one time, and he we got like eight beers to go golfing, and I had one. And he's like, "See, dude," he's like, "You're not an alcoholic." Well, he didn't see me every time that he was texting on his phone. I'd go behind the cart and pull out the bottle of peppermint schnapps that I had in my golf bag. Yeah. And, you know, I, we learn how to deceive people. And I think you mentioned some really great things. Um, skewed my view of an alcoholic, what an alcoholic is. You know, some people, um, you know, I, I have, it's a family disease. Okay. So, I mean, it is hereditary. Um, so, you you know, your brothers uh, are obviously suffering. Um you know, my my view of an alcoholic was skewed as well because the alcoholics in my family were peeing their pants and they were, you know, um, you know, they, they their outward appearance looked terrible. You know, I didn't look terrible. I wasn't peeing my pants. You know, that alone skewed my view of alcoholism. And then and you made another good point too about um, AA and walking in. And I think it's very important for people to understand this is a progressive disease. Right. Mm -hmm. So you started at a certain level and ended at a certain level. And if you or I decide to go back, well, I can't speak for you, but I know if I go back and from the evidence that has been given to me, I'm going to pick up right where I left off. There is mm -hmm. no going back to just having some beers on the weekend and then working my way back up. Um, it's progressive disease at walking in and seeing, having this perception of what an alcoholic is, you know, um, that bum on the street, you know, with a paper bag and and sitting in a corner and, and drinking is hey, that's that's not really I, I don't believe that's the an authentic view of what an alcoholic is. I think you and I are more of mm -hmm. the everyday alcoholic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah, I thought I totally agree with you, Scott. And I think I think the scary thing is is that I know so many people that could identify as alcoholics. Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, my drinking is is no different to a lot of other people who I know and socialise with um, and have, you know, worked with in the past and things like, you know, the drinking is very similar. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, it, and, it, and, it, and, it's, and it's things like it's the units. Like, so, so people say, oh, I only have a couple of drinks tonight, but they might be two large drinks. 
So how many <laughs> units are in those? Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I'm not quite sure. And I'm not quite sure what your recommended is over in the in the in the states, but like over in over here in England, ours, ours is uh, 14 units a week, male or female. Well, 14 units a week. I'm sorry, but you know what I mean. It's like yeah. I might as well not bother. If I'm only going to have 14 units a week when I was drinking, I might as well not bother drinking. You know, 14 right. units a week is is, is nothing. And I, you know, and I did have it. You know, alarm bells were there. I remember going to the dentist, um, probably about oh, 12 months ago, 18 months ago, and you feel that forming. You know, you know, mm-hmm. do you smoke? Do you drink? What do you drink? And all the rest of it. We all lie about how much we drink. And I must have put something on the form that sparked the dentist to ask me something. And uh, and, and he said, so how much do you, how much do you drink then? So I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> um, I said, oh, about three three bottles a week. And I thought, that's quite conservative, really, over a week. Sure. You know, three bottles a week. And he, he nearly gave himself whiplash. Do you know what I mean? He nearly fell off his chair. He went, he went, three bottles a week? And I thought, oh, gosh. Do you know what I mean? So there's... there's you know, there were alarm bells there, but then also, you know, a counter story to that, Scott, was I went for a health check um, with a, with a nurse. You know, you get to a certain age. You're not quite there yet, Scott. You get to a certain age and you have to have these health checks. And um, again, similar questions. So they did your heart, blood pressure and how much you know, do you smoke, do you drink, blah, blah. And I'd mentioned, you know, I like a drink with my tea and I might have this at the weekend and all the rest of it. And all my results came back fine, all fit and healthy. Mm. And she said, oh, well, she says, if wine is your only advice, if, if wine is your only advice, I wouldn't worry about it. Uh. She says, uh, you know what I mean? So, and that's a, that's a medical professional. Do you know what I mean? Yep. You know, and, you know, and I'd, and, I'd, and I'd highlighted the same amount of alcohol consumption, the same amount of units that I'd mentioned to the dentist. And yet the nurse was quite blase about it. Like, mm. you know what I mean? So it, it's, it's, it's ignored it's it's not it should be on people's radar more you know what it's, I mean? yeah, well, it's, it's obviously on the dentist radar but it wasn't on the nurse's radar yeah and he must know something you know he must have a little more education or experience in that because mm-hmm. it is it is uh yeah you know I, those tests can be deceiving you know uh i i had high blood pressure and that was it everything else was pretty good i was way overweight and plump or whatever but as soon as you got blood tests and they came back fine that was a uh, that was me that was sign off on uh ah, i just yeah. keep doing what i'm doing you know you mentioned uh the drink thing it's it's funny um when i when it first started to get really out of hand i was drinking four half pints a night and you you said you know, people would say that's like four huge drinks, you know, it could be mm-hmm. just two drinks, but they're huge. You know, I would drink each one of those half pints in one shot. I'd tip it up until the bottle was gone. So, I mean, I could have said I had four drinks a night, you know, and yeah. people would just be like, oh yeah, nothing fine. It's just, it's funny in the medical field, the lack of knowledge that they have about mm-hmm. this disease. You know what I mean? Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's quite alarming. Um, and good stuff. Um, you know, you'd mentioned too, that you're trying to figure out the why and you've mm. read the big book. So now you've, you've, you've read it. Heard... it. I've, only, I've only just got it, Scott. So. Oh, I've, okay. I've, yeah. I've, well, I've just, got it. I've, I've just got, I've just gone past the, there was a, there's a, there's a, there's a chapter about uh, alcoholism and then I'm just about to start the chapter about agnostics. So it's, um, it's, I'm, I'm quite early days into it, but like I said, I, I I'm surprisingly enjoying the book. I'm surprisingly oh, it's getting good. a lot out of the book. Yeah, it's it's really good, and um, you know, it it it'll tell you if you haven't, um, you know, that alcohol was a solution to our problems. That was, you know, 
um, alcohol is but a symptom. I'm, I'm sure you got into that part where it's just a symptom of something else. So, you know, we're choosing, we're choosing this alcohol to, to deal with things that we mm-hmm. haven't 100%. dealt with before. Yep. 100%. And that's what I did. I, 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 I used wine. And interestingly, I only drunk wine. So if I had no wine in and there was gin, I just probably wouldn't have anything. But I, right. I, it was just, I was obsessed with mm-hmm. white wine. Um, but yeah, I would use wine for everything. It was like, it was like uh, a painkiller. It was like, it was everything. So if, if I had a bit, if I, had a, if I had a headache, I couldn't shift, I'd have a glass of wine. Yeah. If I was feeling a bit down in the dumps, I'd have a glass of wine. If I was elated and happy, I'd have a glass of wine. So right. no matter if I'd had a bad day, straight to the wine. If I'd mm-hmm. had a brilliant day, straight <laughs> to the wine. It, yep. it, 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 you're totally right. And 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 what I've had to learn in the last, these last 100 days is to deal with those emotions and those events sober. Mm-hmm. And um, some days I've been more challenging than others. Um, but I'd rather cope with the challenge of doing them sober than not being sober. Absolutely. And then everybody that I didn't believe in the beginning that said it's so much easier to deal with this stuff, um, sober, um, things that you thought would never be fun, sober are still fun. You know, I, everything they said was right. Yeah. And, and you totally, because I mean, when I've wanted to give up before, it's like, oh, I can't give up. My life will just be so boring. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, you know, I can't give up. What, what will I do at the weekend? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm like, my, and my first couple of Fridays driving home from work were as miserable as sin. You know, that drive home from work, I would be grumpy. I would be mm-hmm. irritable. I would be, what's the point of a weekend? I might as well be at work. And, you know, those first few Fridays were quite difficult. Um, but I love my weekends now. I can't wait for Fridays. Right. I, wake up, I wake up and I'm hungover free. I sleep like a baby, literally. <laughs> you, can't, you can't explain, unless, unless you're talking to somebody who is yeah. sober, what sober sleep feels like. Um, I've taken back up with the gym. Um, I was there this morning, and my, my daughter came over to pick up with a grandchild, and she's like, "Oh, I don't know, you can do it on a Sunday morning like that." But I'm like, "No, I'm wearing to go." Um, so yeah, I, I, and I, I don't know what you call it over there in the states. We call it a pub crawl. Do you do you have anything like that over the states where you go from one pub to the other? Oh to yeah, the other and, just, and we just call it a pub there. crawl. Yep, yeah, we call it, just get yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I just get wasted. So when when I decided to go sober, we'd already got a pub crawl booked in our social calendar. And I thought, do I do I make an excuse and not go? And it was a couple's thing. So it's my husband and, and a lot of friends. And I thought, no, I've got to do this. I've got to live life. I can't take myself out of life. I can't take my husband yep. out of his life. And so, I, I, you know, I've got to live life. So we went on the pub crawl and Scott, seriously, I've not laughed that much in my life. I cried laughing. It was, it was so funny awesome. uh, and it was really good. And then, and obviously the added benefit to that is to wake up the day after and, you know, you, you, you hung over free and everybody else is hanging because they're all hung over and, and sure. all the rest of it. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, 
you do you're totally right you think and there's always an excuse I can't do that because I've got somebody's wedding coming up I can't do that because I've got this happening and I can't that but you do you do I'm trying to think if there's an event I'm trying to think if there's an event that's happened in the 100 days that I've not enjoyed because I was sober and I seriously cannot think of one I went to London I went to London with family for four days we had afternoon tea at the Ritz there was champagne galore and I stuck with my non-alcoholic drinks and I still had the most amazing time and it's one of the best memories I've had. So anybody out there thinks, if anybody is listening, thinking, I can't do that because life will be so boring, life yeah. won't be fun anymore, it, it's wrong. Life is yeah. just just as fun. It's You know what I mean? It's But life is hard as well, you know? So, but that is life. But you just got to, you're just doing it without the crutch of alcohol. Absolutely. And I, and I, I can't say enough um, what it's like. I wake up now in the morning coming up on eight months. I wake up in the morning and it's a, it's a reset. Like yep. everything that was bothering me yesterday that would have dwelled on for days or more in my alcoholism, I wake up now and it's like that weight is gone. It's a, it's a reset. It's a refresh. It's, it's so it's, it's, Man. It's liberating. It's liberating. It and is. That, I think that's the way it's, it, you know, it really is liberating. And uh, um, my regret, and I'm trying not to have regrets. I've always said I'm trying not to have regrets. Sure. Um, is it, a, a wish I could have done it 20 decades, two, two decades earlier when I first went and did that 30, 90 days. But it is what it is. And it, I am where I am. Sure. Um, and all I can do is, is is move forward to where I am now. One thing I was going to say about alcohol, Scott, which might help people that listen uh, or, or try and identify with alcohol, is I liken, the and we talk about alcohol being a progressive disease, is I liken my alcohol problem to a, like a coercive relationship. I was in a, a coercive uh, relationship marriage, uh, my first marriage, many, many, many years ago. And, you know, just like that marriage and just like alcohol it started off fun started off okay with you know yeah you might wake up in Angover and feel a bit rubbish you might have a row and feel a bit rubbish but you forgive each other the day after everything's fine and then slowly but surely you lose control sure. so like just like my first marriage slowly but surely I lost control and someone started to control me as opposed to the other way around and that I now can vividly see that that was my alcohol journey you know it it slowly but surely took control away from me and it was controlling me and I was no longer controlling it and um I am a bit of a control freak so for me not to be in control is not comfortable for me (laughs) so um and that and that 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 was an eye-opener when I compared it to the space I was in in my first marriage and I likened it to what alcohol is and how long it took me to get out of that first marriage, that coercive control marriage. Sure. I'd, you know, I'd, 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 I'd leave and go back. I'd leave and go back. I'd leave them and think it'd be better next time. And it never, yeah. ever, ever was. Um, and that's the same with alcohol. It, it, you know, you leave and go back and leave and go back. It, it never, ever changes. It never no. changes. It's still no. there. And it's still, and as soon as you go back, it's in control again. Yeah, and um, it, it's amazing how it can it can it tries to. You only can remember the good. Oh like yeah. You you like oh all these great times and you forget about all the bad times. 
you know, and that's uh that's an interesting segue to, we're not going to close on this because this is, you know, I, it, it choked you up a little bit talking about this, but I, I think it's important to face these things. You know, uh, my kids would have been around eight. Your grandson was nine. My kids would have been around eight uh, when this happened. There's a video that I never knew that happened um, that my uh, ex-fiance showed me. It was me I just bloated and disgusting sitting at the kitchen table, eating dinner, feeling like crap. And my son's crying in this video. And he's saying to Miley, you know, I, why does this always happen? Why? Why is my dad always not feel good when we're here? And he didn't. I think he knew, but he didn't maybe fully understand. But like, I I wouldn't do things because I didn't feel good because I was so fucked up and and you know feeling yeah. like shit. And he's crying, you know, my 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 dad, you know, I it's and I the disease wants me to forget those things. Yeah, and and remember all the times that oh I was super cool dad and did this while I was drunk, but there's way more bad than the, when the good, and that's the, the craziness of this disease. Mm, yeah, definitely. And for that reason, I've, I've, um, I've kept a diary. Interestingly, mm, for the mm-hmm. first, th- for the first 30 days, I didn't, for the first 30 days, I didn't, I didn't write it down because I, I didn't, I don't think I really realized that this is what I was going to do. So uh, I'm a bit gutted. I missed writing those first 30 days down really. But yeah. um, since, since the first, since the first 30 days, um, I've been writing down and, and on some days there's nothing to write because, you know, because there just isn't. So what I will do is I'll recall a really bad episode. I'll recall a really bad time when I was drunk and the state I was in and the impact that I had on mainly my husband. Um, so, you know what I mean? And because I don't yeah. want to forget bad times, Scott, I won't, you know what I mean? At the moment, yeah. they're still fresh in my mind. But in yep. a thousand days time, they might not be as fresh in my mind. But I no. want to make sure they remain fresh in my mind. Um, yep. So for that reason, you know, I, I do keep a diary of, of of how I feel and and just how bad things I'd, I'd got. And, and and again, we talk about it being a progressive disease, and it was only going to get worse. And I hundred percent know that it was only going to get worse. And I don't want to be known as the drunk nanny, right? You know. So so with my, you know, I've got one grandchild who's nine. I've got one that's two. I don't want to be the butt of their jokes. Do you, know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like when the teenagers and we go out for the family meal and there's Nanny, look at us staggering around. Oh, look, Nanny's drunk again. I don't yeah. want to be that person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to be that memory, you know, because yeah. you, you'll know with your children, Scott, you know, you've got a very finite time with these children. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I've got a very finite time with my grandchildren. I don't want them to remember me drunk. Oh, I, yeah. You know, that's not, that's not what the memory I want them to have of me. No, no, I met my kids were, my kids were just learning to walk a couple of days ago. It feels like, and yeah. I just turned 21 a couple of days ago. Yeah. 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 I don't want to miss anymore. And I will not miss any more yeah. uh, time, you know, um, and uh, you know, in treatment, they call it playing the tape. And I think journaling, I, I didn't understand how important journaling was. I don't journal now um, as far as writing, but I do, I call them the, the sober heathen video diaries. I'll get on, 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 and I'll talk about what's going on in my head and I will watch those videos back, you know, um, periodically um, treatment. They said, you know, play the tape. And so I think that's a good review. The big book says we don't regret the past, nor do we want to shut the door on it because mm-hmm. you shut the door on it. Then you're, you're forgetting all the crap that you're trying yeah. to avoid. Right. Yeah. So yeah. 
Yeah, I, I'm really happy that you got the big book and you're getting into it. Here's another one that uh, to check out. You probably can't see it because of oh, the light in here, but it's called Search The Search for Serenity and How to Achieve It. And this is another book that they gave us uh, that kind of uh, it, it aligned with the big book a little bit. It's by Louis F. Presnall. And this book is every bit as good as the big book, the first 164 pages of the big book, in my opinion. So The Search for Serenity by Louis F. Presnall is an absolutely must, absolute must for people in early recovery. I, it's a fantastic book. So check that out. Excellent. Thanks, Scott. I've written that down. Thank you. Yeah. Well, this was uh, this was fun, you know, and, um, you know, I, uh, I I appreciate your recovering out loud today. Um, and, you know, those emotional times uh, when you're thinking about those things, uh, don't feel bad for that, for me owning it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, not everybody wants to get on and put their face on here and, and talk about their crap like I do. But I, I that's what works for me. And you talked about that, too. You know, it's not the same for everybody right now. This mm-hmm. is what's working for me. I'm going to air I'm going to air all my shit out here for everybody to hear and see. And that's what works for me. And you're doing what's working for you because it is not easy to get to 100 days. And yeah. And you said you weren't even sure that this is what you want to do. You know, Jack is another guy that uh, was on the yeah. podcast and he's, he's the same. Do I really want to do this? You know, do, mm-hmm. is this the sobriety really my thing? And it sounds like that it's your thing for you. And I'm, 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 you know, it means nothing from a dude that's this far away, but I'm, I'm proud of you to get on here and do this. Um, you know, you're sober curious on Twitter. <laughs> uh, keep your curiosity going. Uh, you're doing great. Thanks so much, Scott. And, uh, you know, I saw you, you know, I do follow you on Twitter and I do like to keep in touch, you know, keep up with what you're up to. And I know other people have said this. I've listened to Jack's podcast and and, uh, Richie's and thank you. Thank you for what you do. And, you know, and I know the others have said that and genuinely, genuinely mean it. And, you know, I say it to my husband, you know, he's my number one fan and supporter, but yourself, um, Jack and Rich and all the others on, on, on that recovery posse group I've never come across anything like that on Twitter ever yeah. in my life they are an amazing bunch of people and I wish every single one of them all the best on their own journeys uh, to, to of this uh, horrible disease but thank you for today yeah uh, and thank you so much and, and give your husband a hug for me um, oh. to have a supporter like that, you know, my, my, my ex-fiance, um, she might not be my fiance today, but she's still my best friend and my number one supporter. And, um, you know, I don't know what I'd do without her. You know, I, yeah. I have a lot of great support, you know, but she's my, she's my number one fan. So I know how important that is. So give him a hug for me. Tell him I said, thank you for being there for Michelle and uh, keep fighting the good fight and stay in touch. And, and how about we, you know, 200 days, you come back and tell us what's happening. Will do. It's a date. (laughs) All right. Uh, This has been great, Michelle. Thank you so much. Best wishes to you and yours. And uh, we'll talk soon, okay? Cheers. Thank you, Scott. Bye-bye. Bye.